You're listening to InsuranceRadio.com. We sit down for personal conversations with the top insurance and financial advisors, executives, and regulators. Listen in to learn more about their ideas and personal stories at InsuranceRadio.com. This podcast is brought to you by AD Banker & Company. They help you meet your insurance continuing education deadline in ways not as boring as you'd think. Go to a live in-person class or choose a webinar, which will come to you. Learn more at adbanker.com. Our guest today is Bart Baker, who co-owns B.W. Baker Insurance Services in Malibu, California. He is also an author and a sought-after speaker and trainer with more than 25 years in the insurance business. Bart says it doesn't matter what stage of the game you're at, as long as you are a truly motivated person and producer, you can create a bigger and better future for yourself, and you can shave years and years off of your journey to getting you and your family to where you aspire to be. Uh, With his book, The Breakthrough Insurance Agency, he will show you just how to do it. We're delighted to have with us today, Bart Baker. Thank you, Dennis. It's a pleasure to be here. Say, Bart, when you uh, when did you begin to thinking uh, about uh, putting your ideas and practices that you developed uh, within your agency into a book? Well, the probably for the last uh, few years, um, it was a thought. Um, actually, you know, quite a bit of thought was going into it and starting to formulate the actual processes and systems and things that we have, and um, you know, putting names around it and just kind of putting it together in my head to be able to describe what it is that we do. Because a lot of times people do stuff and they and they don't um, really understand some points that you actually have a system around it that could be taught. Um, so once I started giving, you know, I'd, I'd like to come up with the book, um, it just took a little while to come together. And before you knew it, we had a book. Say uh, your title is uh, The Breakthrough Insurance Agency. Uh, how would you define or describe what you mean by uh, a breakthrough agency? Well, a breakthrough agency is one that um, does not plateau. So I find that there's so many folks, especially in our business, where they reach a level of success or a level of you know policies in force or gross return premium, whatever measurable that you have, and they just get stuck there. And... Um, there's, there's, there's so many, um, you know, um, statistics in our business that you look at, um, like a state farmer, farmers are all state, and they have like an average, um, you know, policies in force, and that average has been pretty consistent over many years. And it's just obvious that what happens is that people get to an area and then they plateau. So the breakthrough um, insurance agency, you know, with how the book implies, is one that um, shows you how to bust through that plateau and just to be able to continue to grow and grow and grow until you, on your own accord, decide that you don't want to. You know, I was um, <clears throat> I was thinking about this uh, driving in this morning, uh, and I, I realized it might be kind of a personal question, but could you, you know, you, you've had a great deal of success out there uh, where you live and work, uh, uh, but it wasn't always that case. Could you share... You know, some of the struggles that you faced early on when you were just starting your, your agency from scratch. Um, I own the agency with my with my wife, Wendy. The name of the company is uh, B.W. Baker Insurance, and she's the W. And so when we um, first started in business, it was the two of us. It was the two of us and the Pendaflex file um, to be able to, you know, manage the, the business that we, that we put in. 
and it was um, it was tough in that we had to invent everything as it went along. So in the beginning, just the realization that you could get staff to be able to do things that you know I was doing, and just systems and processes, and just absolutely everything was brand new, and you know just a ton of trial and error um, to be able to find the things that you know worked well for us. Um, you know, thank God we kept at it, and we you know we found what those things were. But that was really the the reason to write the book was that I, I, I truly believe and the you know the scores of agents that I've I've taught these systems to have attested that these systems work, they're very easy to implement and it will allow you to continue to grow and more importantly to just you know, just go through that plateau that, that, that they might be in at this particular time. You know, many of our uh, listeners uh, may not be aware of it, but you were a fireman uh, for the L.A. Uh, fire Department uh, before you got into the insurance business. How long were you involved at, with the fire department? Uh, and, and then, you know, uh, how long, how was that transition from the fire department to getting into the insurance business? Sure. Well, I was a, um, a fireman with the Los Angeles County Fire Department. I think it's the finest fire department in the world. Um, amazing experience unbelievable group of people that I had the opportunity to work with. And we did both of those, as far as, you know, the insurance agency and the fire department together for close to 10 years. And it got to the point where, you know, the fire department schedule is 10 days a month, 24 hours a day, but 10 days a month. And then once you take off your holidays and your vacation days and the personal day and I would pay my opposite to stand by for me sometimes until five in the afternoon. But, you know, I was, I was able to make it work. Um, but it was just nothing but work. If it wasn't in the fire department, it was in the agency. And the agency built to a certain point where I had to make the decision of, um, you know, one or the other. And um, fortunately or unfortunately, about that time, I got a back injury um, that lifting a very heavy person in this accident um, that caused a back injury where I was, um, in essence, forced out of the fire department. So that was the best thing that ever happened to me as far as the business, but um, that was the um, transition there. Quote and hope. Uh, I was kind of, uh, that was mm-hmm. funny when I read that. Uh, I guess that that strategy didn't work out so well. Uh, so you, you indicated that when you first started out, uh, you were running your agency kind of in a manner of, uh, you'd quote and hope. Uh, tell me, uh, exactly. tell me how, how that works. Sure, exactly. Well, um, there's a lot of people that have this philosophy that, um, you just quote everybody. You know, if, if you just you get as many quotes out there as you possibly can and, and it's the law of large numbers, and the more you quote, the more you're going to write. And um, that really was the quote and hope strategy because it never really allowed me to have the time to, you know, really get in there and understand what that client needed and properly put together a comprehensive package and do all of that. So you either have to do, you know, one or the other. So um, when it was that, you know, quote and hope, um, you know, strategy and trying to run the business by that, you know, those were really the days that was, you know, pennies in the pocket, and it just, it wasn't a lot of fun. Um, but when I, I switched, um, you know, as far as my mindset goes, that um, 
every single person that I talk to first has to kind of like fit what my criteria is of a client that fits us, you know, so we're a good fit together. And, um, you know, spend the time to, um, to talk with them and craft what they need. And now we write 90% of, um, those people that we talk to in that type of situation. So it's not a question of quoting and hoping. It's just a question of finding, um, you know, the right person to talk to, um, because we know from past experience that, that we're going to write the, the vast majority of them. So quote and hope, thing of the past, most definitely. You uh, uh, you advise, I, I see, uh, uh, kind of the foundation or the component steps that's essential for your breakthrough system is to visualize your breakthrough. Uh, do you mean by that just sitting down and writing out your goals? To me, and this is where it, it might be just a little bit esoteric and maybe it's living out here in Southern California, I'm not sure, but I think that when you visualize your lifestyle as to what it is that you want to have for yourself and your family and the you know kind of cars you want to drive in the community you live in and the vacations you go on to the um, schools that your kids go to and the type of um, you know retirement if you're going to do that just whatever it is um, when you spend your time visualizing that and it's big and it's bright and it's exciting it's um, it's it's motivating. It's a very energizing, fun activity, especially when you can get your 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 spouse and your kids involved with that, and you actually start seeing and believing that you can have anything that you want, and that you can make as much money as you want to make in this business. Absolutely guaranteed, because there's hundreds, if not thousands, of people that are doing it, and there's no reason why you can't too, then this business becomes so much more fun because you know that there is a, um, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel, that there's a, you know, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, so to speak, and your future, should I say my future, just becomes more and more exciting because of the choices that I have available. So I find Dennis, that whenever I get into a lull and I'm not growing as fast as I would like to, it's because I've stopped visualizing. I've stopped um, looking for the bigger, brighter future and those exciting things that I want to do for myself and my wife and my family. And when I get back into that place, it's very energizing and I'm just like right back to the races again. Bart, uh, you had told us about a real expensive lesson that you learned uh, about uh, a client that had uh, had some furniture stolen from their home. Uh, would you share uh, with our listeners uh, what uh, what happened with that? Oh boy, yeah, that was that was that was a good one. So, so in the book, um, you know, there's a lot of different concepts that we discuss, but one of the concepts is called the. Um, um, there's the, the three personal qualities that you must maintain as an agent in order to be truly successful. And it's, um, you know, it's likability, trustworthiness, and confidence that you have to have those in big, you know, in a big way for people to do business with you and continue to do business with you. So we had a situation in the office where I had a personal assistant, fully licensed, great gal who, um, was taking care of a client of mine. And this guy was, um, building a home, and he was staging it with furniture to um, to sell it. And so he calls up, and 
you know, he says, I need to, um, um, you know, add a couple hundred thousand dollars of um, um, personal property from, you know, furnishing couches and stuff and to the policy. And in the back of my head, I didn't think that we could do that on that policy form. But um, I asked, you know, my assistant to research it and check it out. And she's, no, it's not underwriting. We could do it. Everything's good. And and they, um, so she handles it. And I said, so and make sure theft is, you know, in, included in that. She comes back. Yeah, theft's included. She documents the file. So long story short, I think you know where's, you know you know what's coming. You know, a couple of weeks later, the client calls up and he says, I'm sure glad we added that coverage because we had a big theft over the weekend. And we have, um, I, I believe the figure was $23,000 um, with the stuff stolen from the house. And, you know, apologize for what happened, say no problem, you know, we'll follow the claim, get that taken care of. And um, the claim came back denied. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? You know, so long story short, there's a misunderstanding um, between my staff and the underwriter as to what was being requested and bound. And the client had a $5,000 deductible. So, um, you know, the difference between the loss and the deductible was about $18,000. And I wasn't about to go to them and say, hey, you know, there was a misunderstanding. Sorry. Right? I mean, how, how can you do that? You know, so if we, if we operate, uh, our word is golden, that if we say something, it is the case, then sometimes you have to do the tough thing. And in this case, I had to come out of my pocket, and I, ch- I chose to immediately, you know, write him a check for $18,000, explain to him what happened, but also explain to him that um, that um, it was my problem, it wasn't his. And um, I, I have to tell you that he appreciated that, and he's still my client today, and I've been referred to so many more people within his circle of influence that I've, you know, well more than made up for what I had to pay that day. But that is, um, that's where, you know, once you have your philosophy about how you're going to operate, sometimes, sometimes it, sometimes it hurts. But in the long run, it always pays off. Well, that's a powerful story, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, doing the right thing uh, does pay dividends uh, down the road. Say, you also talk uh, in your book about the key to growth. Uh, you said uh, there is a right way to fund growth, and you don't have to go into debt to do it. Uh, the key to healthy growth uh, that will keep on multiplying is very simple. Uh, you say that you have to have a plan, save, hire, and repeat. Uh, what do you mean by that? Sure. This is something that we figured out fairly soon after opening the agency, and that is as soon as we realized that it was all about staff and having the right people in the agency to help us to grow, it was then about how do you fund um, for continuous growth. So I've um, I've never liked debt. I I really believe that debt is evil, and um, I don't have any debt at all. So... If I'm looking to hire somebody, and for easy math, let's say that person costs $2,000 a month, I will save up um, 90 days worth of payroll for that position that I'm looking to, you know, put into the agency. So in that case, um, I would save up $6,000, however long it took. And as soon as I had the $6,000 saved up, I would then 
implement that person, bring them in, and then rather than um, funding the, the payroll account to save for that person's salary, I stopped funding it, and now I use that money that I was funding and use it to pay their salary directly. And if we have a slow month or a slow week, whatever, um, I know that I have this like this 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 savings fund to be able to back up that payroll. So there's I don't have the pressure or the stress behind it, and I have been able to do that for every single position that we have within the agency. We just identify where we want to grow. We save 90 days worth of payroll for that position, and then we hire that position. And um, after we acclimate them and, you know, we're, you know, good financially again, then we give ourselves a raise and then we do it again. So at the moment, we're up to um, 15 people on staff with um, every department that you could imagine, you know, within that. And every single one of those people have been funded using this method without ever going into debt. Yeah, you really uh, caught my attention uh, when you got to the chapter uh, where you explained that the uh, the ultimate goal of your business plan and your vision was to get it to where a place where it can run smoothly without you. Uh, you shared uh, what you call kind of, a, I guess, a 3M system, a maximizer, a multiplier, and then measure. Uh, what is a maximizer and a multiplier, and what do you mean by that? There's um, that system we call the 3M concept. And it does take those three positions that you talk about. So the first one is a maximizer. And a maximizer is somebody that handles everything um, within their department that they need to do so that their multiplier, which is the second position, um, can do only two things, create income and build relationship. So... If you are a multiplier, which is the person that does only two things, create income and build relationship, all that multiplier does is just look at whatever it is that they're doing during the course of their day and just run it through that filter and, and be able to truthfully answer themselves, you know, is this activity creating income or building relationship? If the answer is yes, absolutely do it. That's just what you're supposed to be doing in that position. However, if it's no, then they transfer that immediately over to their maximizer, and their maximizer knows that their job is to handle everything on the back end so that the multiplier can focus on those two things. By using that system, we have been able to dramatically increase our production because that multiplier position, which, you know, the old school term you would say would be a producer, but I think that it's a completely different mindset the way that we describe it, is that that person is going to be able to focus like a laser on those income-producing activities and not have to deal with that back office stuff that will constantly get them distracted and off course. But, Dennis, then you have the third component, which is measurement. So it is not enough to go in and just work hard, and it it doesn't mean anything. So unless you are hitting your numbers, um, you're not successful. So in order to define success, we have a goal in each department 
of a certain um, production on a monthly basis of new business gross written premium. And each department has their goal, and it is discussed and focused on, you know, every day, every week, every month. And they know if they are successful, if they're meeting their number. It's, it's really very simple. And so the multiplier focuses on those two activities. They're completely supported by their maximizer. And we know if they're successful or not, if they hit their number. If they hit their number, life is great. If they don't hit their number, then I need to get involved, find out where the issue is, and um, and figure out what needs to be done to increase activity or whatever it is to be able to get them back up to that number. Since we've implemented this, our production has skyrocketed in every single department. You know, you've uh, barred to come up with a system called uh, gap elimination process. You know, I, I see, uh, I think it's pretty visible how it helps the clients to identify what gaps that they may have in some of their risk or exposures. Uh, you know, but uh, maybe agents haven't thought about it, but, but think, uh, what are some ways that this gap elimination process can really help an agent or a producer? So the gap elimination process is what really fulfills the promise that we make to the client when we do business with them to begin with. So a new client comes on board, and the promise is we're going to insure you correctly. We're going to make sure that you get all the discounts you qualify for. And then we're going to um, get with you on a regular basis, typically annually, to make sure that um, no, no new gaps have been uncovered and the discounts still remain relevant. And so it's during that that gap elimination review that occurs on a regular basis that um, the producers will talk to that client and and run over, uh, go through the existing coverages, um, make recommendations where needed as far as additional endorsements, and then um, uncover any potential needs that they may have. If they're of a certain age, they might be interested now in long-term care. We'll get into that. They might need more life insurance. Um, we will be able to uncover during that time if they um, maybe own a business that we could ensure the business get additional discounts on their personal lines. It's it's that opportunity to be able to uncover any other need that they have, um, solidify that relationship within the agency, and allow us to focus quality attention on that client to make sure that they're insured correctly. And rather than having to go out and constantly try to get new business with strangers, instead what we do is we work with our existing client base and make sure that they are covered correctly. And nine times out of ten, we either increase limits, we add lines of business, and then get referrals because the client knows that we are um, doing what we promised to do is to make sure that they maintain proper coverage in a very professional, friendly way. We never try to sell them anything. And um, it allows the phone to ring off the hook with people that are referred to us um, to do business. We, Dennis, we don't cold market. We don't advertise. We don't market. We haven't done any marketing um, in well over 10 years. And we grow um, you know, quite a bit on an annual basis just by using this approach. You know, I, uh, from earlier conversations, I know that's one of your most favorite subjects to talk about, which is generating referrals. 
and I've heard you refer to the fact that you're you look at yourself as a referral shop and not a quote shop. Uh, you know, what's uh, can you give our listeners a couple of examples of of uh, of recent referrals that have really paid off? Sure. Um, well, yesterday, for example, um, my son just came into the business, so he is with me now for um, for a total of one week. Um, he's uh, fully licensed. He's you know loves this. He's going to do absolutely amazing. But we were referred from a local realtor um, uh, with about a client who um, has a very nice home down the street from us, and it was just meeting and said, you know, the, um, the, the client asked my buddy who was a realtor um, an insurance question. He says, you know, I really don't know, but I know who would. You should, you know, give a call. So we go to the house. We have a nice conversation. Um, you know, before you know it, we walk out and we have, you know, four cars and umbrella and two homes and, you know, everything else. So we don't, um, we're not going out there trying to sell ourselves. Uh, we are already pre-sold because of the referral. So all we have to do is just um, bond with that client, allow them to like us, trust us, and have confidence in us. And um, the rest just takes care of itself. So I find that the that the less you try to sell, the more you sell. So as soon as you try to make a sale, um, you just you're just like everybody else that's that's out there. So when you instead come across as a trusted advisor that works by referral only, um, your business um, absolutely explodes. And there is a way to to do that. And we talk um, you know quite in depth in the book about how to create that type of an agency. You know, you mentioned uh, learning from one of your a business coach that you've had an association with for some time that you uh, should create an unfair advantage. Uh, what, do you, uh, what do you feel is your unfair advantage uh, in your marketplace that you've been able to uh, create for yourself? First of all, I, I love the term. So the, so the business coach is Dan Sullivan with the uh, strategic coach. Um, companies, just, you know, absolutely brilliant um, entrepreneurial coach. And the unfair advantage is um, are things that your competition just cannot do. Uh, a lot of times you don't even understand what it is that you're doing, but they certainly can't duplicate it. So in our case, when we operate by referral only and we spend all of the money that we would have been spending on marketing and cold calling and advertising, and instead we reinvest that back into the client and building the relationship, if you're not in that mindset, you're not going to be able to duplicate that. The next item is is the last book that I wrote um, you know, called If an Elephant Sits on You, Are You Covered? It's about how to be properly insured. So I have the book. So I go, I meet a new client, Bart Baker, pleased to meet you. I understand I was referred to you by you know, whoever. Is by the way, I'd like you to have a copy of my last book on how to be insured correctly. Um, and, it, and it just leads into a whole different area of conversation. And so there's nothing about trying to sell them something. It's just positioning ourselves as an expert in the, in the field. And it's something that is very difficult for somebody to duplicate because they don't have it and, and, and we do. It doesn't mean that's the only way to do it. You know, if we didn't have the book, we would have something else. But it is um, trying to find unique ways of approaching the marketplace. 
Uh, Bart, if uh, if one of our listeners is intrigued uh, about uh, your story and thinking that they're ready to move their own agency to that next level, uh, and they're finally looking for a way to uh, try and connect the dots, uh, what's the best way I'm forward to go and pick up a copy of your book, uh, The Breakthrough Agency? Well, as far as getting the book, the easiest way to get it is just on uh, Amazon. Um, so if you just were to search on Amazon, the Breakthrough Insurance Agency, or you just type in uh, Bart Baker Insurance, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pop up um, on the front page there. And uh, for our listeners, of course, we have uh, the Bart's website posted on our uh, podcast site as well, if you want to go take a peek at that. Uh, Bart Baker, uh, thank you for calling in to share uh, your ideas of success with us today. Uh, good luck to you as you continue to build your agency and also that your willingness to share your secrets uh, with others who aspire to accomplish the same. Well, Dennis, um, listen, I want to thank you um, very much, too. I'd also like to thank you for everything that you do for us, as I know that the library of, of, um, of these podcasts and interviews that you have available for us to you know, read and go through at no cost is, um, is immeasurable. It's a wonderful way of giving back to the industry, and I want to thank you for everything that you do, too. Oh, hi, you're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, we would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.